0: Welcome fitness enthusiasts, trainers, and wellness warriors to Recharge. I'm your host, Becky Cody, and I'm thrilled to have you join us as we dive deep into the heart of the fitness community, connecting professionals, and delving into the business of health and wellness. Whether you're a seasoned fitness pro, a budding entrepreneur in the industry, or simply someone passionate about leading a healthy lifestyle, you are in for a treat. On this podcast, we're not just talking about sets and reps. We're building a community, exploring the diverse facets of fitness and uncovering the secrets to success in the ever evolving fitness industry. Each episode, we'll be bringing you insightful interviews with leading fitness professionals, business experts, and community builders who are shaping the future of fitness. From nutrition trends, to the latest in workout science, and from building a thriving business, to fostering a supportive community, we've got it all covered. But this podcast is not just about information, it's about connection. We want to create a space where you, our incredible listeners, can join the conversation. Have burning questions? Need advice on a fitness challenge? Want to share your success story or discuss a trending topic? Reach out to me on social media and we'll feature your thoughts and questions in future episodes. So lace up your sneakers and get ready for a journey into the heart of fitness. Whether you're here for the knowledge, the inspiration, or the camaraderie, you're part of a growing community dedicated to making the world a healthier, happier place. This is Recharge, where passion meets profession, and together, we're building a stronger, fitter, and more connected world. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Recharge. Many people I know, with very few exceptions, have tried to pick up running at some point in their lives. Whether it's to move more without having to commit to a gym membership or to fulfill the dream of completing your first marathon, most of us have at least tried to run, and some of us are completely obsessed with it. I personally do not identify as a runner. I'll do it from time to time, and I'll admit it does feel great when I hit my stride. And what's better than the endorphin rush you get at the end of a great run on a nice day? That said, though, running does get a little complicated, especially with age. We start to notice aches and pains. We hit plateaus. For those of us who are competing, we might get to a point where we're not getting faster and our runs start feeling a little bit more difficult. Our next guest is Jason LeCritz from Pro Functional Running, which is a strength coaching and physical therapy group that specializes in training and treating runners of all ability levels. I have personally worked with Jason on an injury I had, basically just from being an active adult moving in a bad pattern. I can speak to his ability to understand injuries and training in general to get the most out of your anatomy and biomechanics. Jason, thanks for being on the podcast. Let's start with your background in running.
1: Hey, Becky. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I'll talk about running a little bit here, hopefully, mm-hmm. over the next few minutes. Yep. Um, but yeah, my background in running, I started running way back in high school uh, as a way to uh, kind of found my way into college. Uh, when I went to college, I ran for Florida State uh, and ran there for four years after college. Ran in New York City, a bunch of different clubs, uh, recreational clubs, but had a good time uh, meeting lots of new people. Uh, I've now eventually run about 10 marathons and I started coaching athletes you know, about 2018, 2017.
0: That's awesome. Um, so you run a PT practice that caters to runners and you've also created a community of runners who run with each other. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I always think uh, a community of people is better than one person. I always ran my best when I ran with, with uh, teams in high school and college or friends after college. Uh, when training, so it's always easier to train with more people. Um, so I took that uh, idea and tried to make it more into to a, a profession, I guess, mm-hmm. um, but so the PT practice, uh, which is in Montclair, uh, basically has three different components to it. It has uh, the PT part, you know, get back from injury, rehab, uh, that, kind of, that kind of thing. Also has the recovery component, uh, which includes sauna, ice plunge, compression, that kind of stuff, and also includes coaching. Uh, I think all those things kind of go together well, and sort of my dream when I started treating uh, like I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years ago now uh, was to create a place where you can get all that done kind of on one roof. Uh, and I think people will feel faster, uh, better and improve uh, improve uh, faster within, when it's a community of people that are uh, together.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so that leads really nicely into the next question, which I think I know one of the answers is, what's your advice to someone who wants to start running from zero? Uh,
1: from zero, so... Yeah, I mean, that's great if you want to start that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to find, uh, I think, finding a group uh, is great. Uh, find people that you can talk to and kind of help uh, get into running. Uh, if you don't want to do that, it's also fine. Like You also sometimes feel like starting the journey alone and kind of find people as they go. Um, but, yeah, when you start running, find, you know, figure out, uh, you know, what your goals are and, and where you want to go with it, if, you know, and always start off sort of slow, so not slow in terms of running pace, but slow Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, start with a half mile and then go to a mile. If you're going to run a marathon, don't pick a marathon three months from now, uh, kind of find your, find your space, find your stride. Uh, you need to allow your body to adapt to running. Uh, that's going to take time. And it's different for everybody. Um, but if you find people to talk to you and figure out how to kind of introduce yourself better to running, uh, they'll make your transition much easier versus just going out there and running as much as you can all the time.
0: Right, do you have a good uh like a good set of intervals for somebody who wants to get out there and start running, so like for example, I think when I see mm-hmm. clients, I think clients get discouraged when they try to run and they can't do like three miles, and they just assume that running's not for them. so what's like a better strategy than just going out there and just trying to run a straight three miles?
1: Yeah, so three miles is actually really, really
0: far. yeah
1: uh, you can't run three miles off the couch you like most of us mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I turned not three miles off the couch and I started running. Um, I know today's day and age, everybody's like, Oh, a marathon. I should do three miles. It's easy, but no, three miles is actually really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to start much slower than that. Uh, you know, walk running is a great way to start. Uh, if you run for one minute, walk one minute, you know, time five, that's a good start, uh, and body will build into it. And I tell people it is uncomfortable and not the greatest feeling for a little while when you start running. Even if you're only running one minute, it's not going to feel amazing if you've never run before. Um, but over over, give it a month, give it six weeks. Your body will adapt, and you'll be like, "Oh, I can run two minutes, and it feels pretty good." Yeah. You know, and then three minutes, to four minutes, and so forth.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. Um, so, what's your advice on footwear? It seems like there are so many options out there.
1: Yeah. So, as like you said, there's there's options for everything now. There's there's you know low drop shoes, high drop shoes, neutral shoes, motion control shoes. Uh, barefoot running shoes sandals all this kind of stuff is out there Um, which is great because people are different and people have different likes Um, so my advice to people generally is always to just go and to a shoe store you know like there's a fleet feet in montclair or there's shoe stores everywhere basically every town now they go you you, you try on six pairs of shoes and put them on go for a run see which ones feel comfortable and usually those are pretty good for you Um, lots of shoe stores have the uh that return policy yeah. That, uh, you can try them for a day or two and then you can give them back if you don't like them. Um, but yeah, just keep, keep trying new ones, find
0: ones that fit your foot. Yeah. It sounds like it's important to get fitted.
1: It's important to get fitted and, and not only to get fitted, but once you're fitted to run and make sure they actually feel
0: good. Right. Right. Um, so what are some things I know so many people who start running and then they start to feel like aches and pains, are there things that we should be doing that would prevent injuries and to prevent that pain from happening?
1: Yeah. So I like to think of running as a, a holistic activity and you can substitute anything to running. it could be running, it could be biking, it'd be hip, classing, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. It's all kind of, this like your, 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 uh, events or your, your, uh, where you put your, your exercise at. Um, but there's, a, there's things that go into it is how much recovery can you do, uh, and how much, uh, you know, outside of that activity, how much can you do? So if you're sleeping a lot, if you're eating really well, if you're uh, taking care of your body in terms of strengthening and mobility work, they'll all allow you to run more. Um, so if you're feeling aches and pains, don't know, don't only look at what you're doing running wise. Look at what you're doing outside of running.
0: Yeah, I,
1: like um, I think if you can, you know, recover better and sleep more, eat better, your running will come around, and and those aches and pains will be less. Um, th- they're not going to be gone. It's always, running is inherently repetitive and, and, and it's hard to, to get through without getting injured at all. But having a better recovery and sleep and nutrition will help you uh, get through the, the, the running better.
0: Yeah. Um, we mentioned strength training. What's a good strength training? Like, how often should runners be strength training and like, what should we be focusing on?
1: Yeah, so I think that depends on where you are in your training cycle, too. Um, if you're very close to a marathon, you still want to do this, some strength training. Um, you know, two times a week, I think is, is a great number to shoot for. Um, but you might want to think, uh, less reps, less, less weight, just kind of more maintaining what you have already. Uh, if you're, you know, eight, 10, 12 weeks, 16 weeks out from your, from your race or from your goal, or you don't have a goal, you're just kind of running for fitness. Um, that's when you can do more, a little more you know, heavier weight again, yeah, maybe add in a third time. Uh, but again you're looking at the way you're recovering and stuff. And if you if you do a hard lift, a heavy lift, which is good, but maybe you don't pair it with an also a hard run that same day or the next day. You know, kind of make sure you get the lift in in the right time in your training. Right.
0: So what about the person who is training for a long run? They're getting very close to their race and they're doing all of the right things. their strength training, um, but they're just so sore. Uh, what's your guidance for, how do we, how do we guide our training that way?
1: Yeah. If you're, if you're really, if you're really sore from strength training,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, which is good. Yeah. That means you're building muscle and that kind of stuff. But as you get close to the marathon or half marathon or whatever race you're doing, yeah. Decreasing the weight, decreasing the reps. Uh, again, think about body weight, think about just getting the movements in to make sure your body's still moving well. Um, and then also go back. Are you sleeping enough? That could help. Are you eating enough enough this protein that can help? Um, are you do, can you do more recovery things like ice bathing and sauna and wherever you like that kind of way?
0: Yeah. What are some lower body exercises that you would recommend that people incorporate in their strength routines?
1: Uh, so for running, running is inherently a single leg activity. Yeah. So you always want to make sure you're doing some kind of single leg exercise, whether that's a, a squat, a deadlift, a, a jump, a hop, uh, something like that. You always want that incorporated into your, into your training. Um, again, the exact exercise, yeah, it depends what you like. If you like doing deadlifts, do a bunch of deadlifts. If you like doing squats, do, do some squats. But uh, just make sure you do have some single leg stuff in there and some, some kind of jumping, hopping, uh, polymetric type of work.
0: This is just me getting a little nerdy here, um, but like what mm-hmm. kind of volume do you prescribe for um, your plyometric work?
1: Uh, like, like, like total? Like, so for a runner. Again, if, you, if you're a runner, if you're far away from your from your uh, like race, uh, I do it by, I, I count by by touches.
0: Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does.
1: Um, so like, you know, if you jump once, that's one touch. Yep. Jump twice, that's two touches. Um, I generally, you want to start again, you want to progress it as you, as you get better, mm-hmm. you can start with, you know, 30 touches. That's actually kind of a lot for someone who's never jumped before. Yeah. You start with 30 touches, right? Whether you, whether you do pogos or switches or jumps or box jumps, whatever you want to do, uh, running drills, all that stuff, you go with like 30 touches for, you know, a week and then you go 40 touches, 50 touches. Okay. You, I would say if you're getting up to like 150, 180 touches, you're getting pretty much to the max you really can do in a session. Um, but again, you want to program that into when you're, where you are in the training cycle. Again, if you're doing, if you're a race next week, you might not want to do 180 touches of some kind of plyometric drill because you're going to be going to turn your legs. Yeah. Uh, So you might do, they might, you know, go back down to 50.
0: Got it. Um, so what's you, what's your advice to somebody who feels like they're definitely injured? Um, that like, when, when should you seek an intervention when you're running, when you're training for a race and you feel like things are just not quite right
1: yeah so in terms of pain whenever there's pain there's be something that's kind of going wrong it doesn't mean you need to seek professional help right away but you want to start to treat it as fast as you can so even if you have like a sore calf you don't need to go see somebody right away because your calf is sore I mean it's of running but you don't want to ignore it you should you know foam roll it or put some ice on it or compress it you do something with it to help it get better and you know, either you, you just, there's a lot of blogs now you find online to tell you like what to do and things like that. Mm-hmm. And those things aren't always great, but it's a good starting point. Um, but I use the pain scale to kind of like give me a point of reference almost. Uh, so if you're, say you're running and you have a three out of 10 pain in your calf, just kind of means you feel it, but it doesn't change anything. You probably don't need to seek professional help yet. You can kind of try to treat it on your own, try to figure out how to kind of decrease that tension tennis on 10 your own. Mm-hmm. As you yeah. go into more of that four or five, six out of ten out of pain out of ten pain scale, uh, and now the the pain is starting to make you change your stride a bit. You can't walk normally after you're done running, that kind of stuff, that's where you want to go find help. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're already into like the eight or nine or ten, like it's very painful and really hard to that's that's much harder to come back from quickly. Right. So you want to try to catch it before that.
0: Right. Um, I think that people are reluctant to see A PT because sometimes we're apprehensive about the cost, and sometimes we're afraid that the PT is going to tell us that we have to sit out and stop doing what we're doing. Uh, What's your advice on this?
1: Yeah, so I think seeing somebody that's well versed in what you want to do. So we're talking about running here, and that's kind of what we do is we see running injuries all day long. And the reason why you want to see somebody that's kind of well versed in that activity that you want to do is they're going to have knowledge about how to do that specific activity and get back to it. Um, so yeah, we'll use running as an example here. You know, if you come in and you have a four at 10 pain in your calf or in your quad and we treat it and, we, and I talk to you about how to now run with it or not run with it, but and if you can't run with it, how to get back to running. Uh, it's not just, hey, rest and then see what happens. It's more like rest, but then do X, Y, and Z to get back to your activity. And yeah, having somebody that's taking people through that process, before kind of helps get that process done faster um if that makes any sense
0: it does i mean it just sounds like there's value in seeing a physical therapist who is specialized who specializes in running if your sport is running
1: right again because then again when you go back to your training plan you understand how to kind of incorporate all that into the whole program so that you're not just resting for the sake of resting
0: and then I have one more question for you, and that is, what does a good warm-up look like?
1: It should So warm-up should look like uh, your activity. Um, so when I when I do warm-up for running, you're going to do things where you're going to move your hips in different directions, forward and back, side to side, rotate. Make sure you move your ankles around. Make sure you uh, uh, do a little bit of jumping, whether that's in place or running drills or wherever you kind of find uh, – easy to do where you're, where you're starting off. Um, you just want to make sure you do something to get the muscles moving around. Um, I don't think you need a, if you do consistently, you don't need a 35 minute warm up to go run, you know, five, six, seven minutes of something that kind of just gets the whole body moving is kind of what I go for.
0: Awesome. It sounds simple enough. All right. Well, thank you so much for all of your mission. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of all of this. Where can people find you both in real life and online?
1: Yeah. So in real life, uh, which is the best part, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I work out of Fitloft in, in, um, in Montclair. They are located at Fort Erie Street uh, in Montclair. Uh, and you can find, we have a website, this uh, perfunctionalrunning.com. And on Instagram, we're uh, at perfunctionalrunning. All
0: right. Thanks, Jason. Do you have anything else that you want to add?
1: Uh, no, we're good. Just get out there and run. Have fun. Yep. Enjoy.
0: Awesome. All right. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next time.